Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said, You lack one thing. Go and sell what you own and give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. When he heard this, he was shocked and went away grieving, for he had many possessions. This passage from Mark chapter 10 is perhaps one of the most difficult passages in the whole Bible. Because we cannot simply throw it over our shoulders by saying it's the Old Testament. And we cannot simply dismiss it by saying, well, here St. Paul is being a little petulant. No, who is speaking? It's Jesus. This is a gospel. And Jesus' words cut to the heart of those of us who lived in developed countries with lucrative economies, whether here in Great Britain or across the pond in the United States. And one American Bible commentator, a certain Professor Skinner of Luther Seminary, said this, quote, Nearly irresistible is the urge to soften this passage's demands. End of quote. I mean, Jesus can't really mean what he's saying here, right? Give up all your stuff. Well, in the spirit of both British and American democracy, let's take a little poll. Raise your hand if you think Jesus does mean what he says in Mark 10. Raise your hand if you think he doesn't mean what he's saying. Raise your hand if you have no idea what he's saying. And finally, raise your hand if you wish the guest preacher would just get on with it and tell you. Quite a few. Now, it's always important to set scripture in context, in its setting, what's happening. So what's happening in Mark 10 is that Jesus has been on the move. He has been going to across Israel, stirring up the socio-religious and political scene. The people, by and large, pound the pavement to get to him. The leaders, for the most part, are rather suspicious. They are rather cautious about him. And his disciples are in awe of him. And while they get some credit for following Jesus, they often demonstrate themselves to be quite daft, don't they? Again and again, Jesus tries to tell them, he tries to invite them, into his costly way of discipleship. His costly way of sacrificial, selfless love for God and for neighbor. And in fact, Jesus and his disciples are on a journey, and they are journeying to Jerusalem, the city of the temple, the city of the kings, the city of Roman occupation, the city of the cross. The city where Jesus will demonstrate for all time, at the highest level, this sacrificial, selfless love for God and for neighbor. And along the way to Jerusalem, Jesus and his disciples run into this young man. A wealthy, faithful, spiritual young man. 
Uh, as we would say in the States, he's a good guy. He's a nice guy. He has everything going for him. And he's heard of Jesus. And so he asked the rabbi a question. Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. You shall not defraud. Honor your father and mother. And the young man said to him, Teacher, I have kept all these since my youth. Wow. I can't say that. Can you say that? Can you say that you have kept all of the commandments since your youth? This is a remarkable young man. And notice Jesus does not say, Oh, come on, you didn't really follow all the commandments. Jesus doesn't say that. Jesus does not question this young man's sincerity. Instead, this is Jesus' response. Jesus, looking at him, loved him. And said, you lack one thing. Go and sell what you own. And give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. And when the young man heard this, he was shocked. And went away grieving. For he had many possessions. And now I'm going to take a little bit of a risk by telling a joke. A joke that works on the other side of the pond. We'll see whether it works here or not. So two older gentlemen are at Tesco, or Walmart, if I was going to talk about mistakes, and they walk over to the milk section, and they both reach for a jug of milk, and they collide into each other. And the first older guy says, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't see you, you know, I'm just, I'm trying to find my wife here in the store, and I can't seem to find her anywhere, uh, my mobile is with her, and the jacket, I anyway. And the second old guy says, you know, I'm sorry too. And that's funny because I'm also looking for my wife. I can't find her anywhere in the store. I'm really starting to get anxious about it. And the first older guy says, well, maybe I can help you. What, what does she look like? And the second old guy says, well, she's 27 years old. She's tall. She has long red hair and green eyes. And she's very pretty. What does your wife look like? And the other old guy says, It doesn't matter, let's look for yours. <laughs> oh good, thank you for laughing. Glad, glad the joke works here. Let's look for yours. It's always more fashionable and fascinating to look for other people's faults. But this passage, Mark 10 by the power of the Holy Spirit, is inviting you and me to consider what would Jesus say to us in this situation? What would Jesus say to you in this conversation if you were the young man or the young woman? Would He tell you? Would Jesus tell you? You lack one thing. Go and sell what you own and give the money to the poor. Or, would Jesus say to you, go back to your family. And give your family the attention they deserve. Because you give everything attention except for your family. Maybe that's your spouse, your kids, your parents. Or would Jesus tell you, go and make time for serious prayer in your life? 
Or would Jesus tell you, get involved in St. Anne's. Just don't sit in the pew. Get involved. Maybe on this 40th anniversary of the choir, you join the choir. Or would Jesus tell you, go get help for your problem. Or would Jesus tell you, go find another job that is not robbing you of your soul. Or would Jesus tell you, go from this sacred place and tell someone about the good news. Or would Jesus tell you, go to this altar this morning and offer up all of your grief and all of your pain. What is the one thing you lack? And how is God inviting you to go in the way of Christ-like love this morning? You see, very often to go in the way of Christ-like love means you have to give something up. Very often to go in the way of Christ-like love, you have to give something up. You have to give something away. For the young man, it was his wealth. What is it for you? Is it a materialism in your life? Is it an attitude? Is it a sin? An addiction? A destructive behavior? Or a bad relationship? Whatever it is that you need to be giving up, when you come forward to receive Holy Communion this morning, leave that on the altar this morning, and then go in the way of Jesus' sacrificial Selfless love for God and for neighbor. You see, it's this love, it's this costly way of discipleship that is at the heart of what it means to be a Christian. And this costly way of love is a very tough go at times. But it will transform your life and the lives of those around you. So for God's sake, and with God's help, Deal with the things that you lack. Give up the things that are holding you back. And then go in the way of Christ-like love. Amen.